At the end of the day, this is what it's about. It's not being about a person who can answer Bible trivia. It's being a, a person who actually believes that God speaks to you through his word and that he wants to, and that he uses his word to comfort us, to convict us, to change us, to grow us deeper, um, to bring an understanding of his work and his way in the world. And that's what you can have. That is accessible to you right where you are right now, no matter what, no matter how. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I am your host, your pastor, your teacher, Nicole Eunice, and more than anything else, I am a fellow traveler on this life of faith and this discovery that God has called us to through His Word. And I have to tell you that through this season of just crazy times, there has been so much comfort and security in knowing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever, and that God's Word actually has so much to say about uncertain seasons. God's Word has so much to say about our perspective, about our foundations, about where we find our life and our hope, and is there a time more than now that we need to rediscover that? Perhaps we have fallen away from that in some ways, and I think we're in this massive divine invitation back into the certainty and the promises of the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to be about here in the next few episodes. I am so excited to be back. We are going to be walking with God through the book of Philippians, and we are going to apply the Alive Method that we've talked about throughout this podcast. So if you haven't listened to any other episodes, I want to give you just a brief overview of the Alive Method, and then you can go all the way back to the beginning, listen to the first six episodes that will give you perspective and a grounding place for how you can discover God, can encounter God through his word. You do not need a seminary degree. You do not need a PhD. You just need a study Bible and maybe a little bit of coaching, which I want to provide for you right now on how you can approach God's word and actually read it for yourself, understand it, um, understand the principles within and apply it to your life. And that's what we're going to do together through the book of Philippians. This Alive Method is just a simple framework that allows us to look at a passage and walk through four simple questions. And here's those questions. What does it say? We want to make sure we actually understand what the passage is talking about. And there's so many times in scripture, maybe you've been in church your whole life, or maybe you've been in the Bible a lot, or you haven't been, we are usually not that deep of readers. We can kind of like just skim stuff. And so this first question of what does it say is really a chance to slow down and make sure that we know what we're reading and we're able to repeat it back in our own words, looking for observations about going deeper in that passage. The second part of the Alive Method is asking the question, what's the backstory? The Bible was written at a specific time to a specific group of people for a specific purpose, but it has universal applicability for us. Did you like that big word, applicability? It applies to our life, but it was written in a specific time for a specific reason. The backstory is helping us understand what that time was like, what that reason was like, so that when we apply it to our own lives, we're not skipping over what it meant when it was first written. So that's the backstory that helps us understand the culture and the context and the people that these passages were written for. 
The third question is then, what does it mean? What does it mean here is how we understand one or more truths that we might find in a passage. This is the idea of a principle. And a principle means that the same thing that it meant then, how it applied at the time that it was written, is the same way that we apply it now. So that helps us remove our bias that we may have because of our specific time and place that we're in. And that helps us understand a greater principle. Generally, principles are going to be truths about people, about God, or about the interaction of God and people. And that's what we're going to look for when we ask that question, what does it mean? And then finally, after we do all that work, After we walk through that process each and every time, then we ask the question, okay, what does it mean for me? Now that I've discovered the truth, the universal truth that is present in this passage, what does it mean for me today? And that is going to be a very specific application, very specific to your time and your place. So many of us want to get to this part and we skip through the goodness and the richness of actually understanding God's word in a way that can sustain us for the long term. As you become a student of the Bible, um, you will begin to realize that God repeats principles over and over again about himself and about people and about the way he interacts with people. But here's the thing. You are changing. You are a person who is changing. You are evolving as a human being. You have different circumstances today than you had one year ago. You have different relationships or different depth of relationship. You have different conflict. You have different challenges. You have different opportunities than you had a year ago or 10 years ago. And this is where the Bible becomes alive. Because when we realize that there are principles in scripture that will become relevant and rich in different seasons, in different ways in our life, we want to do the work of understanding the whole story, not just snacking, not just getting the junk food. It's not junky, but it's just a snack. If we just immediately think, I got to I gotta have a scripture that applies right now to my life, and we find ourselves returning to the same places again and again. This method is a way for you to have a steady diet, a rich food feast in scripture from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, that you can start to really see the big story that God is telling about himself and about his people and the big story that he's telling about you in your life. Because at the end of the day, this is what it's about. It's not being about a person who can answer Bible trivia. It's being a a person who actually believes that God speaks to you through his word and that he wants to, and that he uses his word to comfort us, to convict us, to change us, to grow us deeper. Um, to bring an understanding of his work and his way in the world. And that's what you can have. That is accessible to you right where you are right now, no matter what, no matter how. So we're going to do that together. And we're going to do just kind of a flyover of the book of Philippians. Now, this is based on some work that I've put together that I'm super excited to offer to you um, called Walking with God. It's on my website, NicoleEunice.com. And this this 30 day journey that you can you can participate in through my website uh, was put together because I had you guys, my readers, um, the the people who are in this family say to me, hey, we love Help My Bible is Alive, love the Alive method, but can you walk me through the process with with some books of the Bible. So Walking with God, um, the title is Abundantly Free, is a 30-day journey through Philippians and Ephesians that is accompanied by reading and a little bit of um, 
processing for you and I join you drop into your inbox twice a week with a video and audio that help you kind of stay the course sort of like what we're doing here together so if this gets you excited if that sounds like a good step for you you can start anytime it always starts on Sundays and lasts for 30 days with a reading guide Um, all of it's digital so you can just get it right to your computer or your phone And I would love for you to check that out if you think that would be helpful to you. So we're going to start with Philippians, and I'm just going to take a little piece out of each chapter, and we're going to work the Alive Method through. But if you want to do the whole book and really understand the full scope, then you want to check out Walking with God. That will walk you through that. Okay, so we're going to be in chapter one right now. So before we do that, I'm going to give you a little backstory to Philippians. This is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul. He is in prison when he is writing it. And what's happened sort of in history at this moment is that this is after Jesus. So this is after the Gospels that you read in the New Testament. Jesus has been born. He has lived. He has done his public ministry for his three years of public ministry. He has been unjustly murdered um, and has been resurrected from the dead. And everything about everything has changed because Jesus Christ came in the flesh representing and and really being an incarnate God, like being our God who walks with us. Not only that, but he was the first to overcome death. And he proved with his life that he has power over death. And he proved with his life that everything that he taught and expressed and showed when he was walking in his earthly ministry is true for us as his disciples. And it changed everything. It changed his followers. It changed his disciples. It was, it changed their courage and it changed their faith. And so many, almost all of the beginning followers of Jesus Christ, which was called the way at the time, like the whole, almost all of those initial followers would never deny Jesus Christ to their death. Almost everyone was martyred in the early church. I mean, can you imagine believing something so deeply And so fully that you would rather burn at the stake than deny it. And that's, it was just the universal experience of these early followers of Jesus. Like the only thing that that could mean to me is that it was real. It really happened. It was really true. And so after all of that, we have the Apostle Paul who wrote much of the New Testament. And all around the ancient world, these little home churches are popping up. People are witnessing, and the original term of witnessing is like they're telling their story. (laughs) They're telling their story and their experience of this guy named Jesus Christ, what he said, what he did, um, how he died, how he was resurrected, and they're following his life as he as he invited them to do. And so these churches and these fellowships are coming up all around, and there's sort of witnessing going out around the ancient world. And Paul is really a leader of that. And so when Paul is being persecuted for the work that he's doing, he's often in prison, and he's now writing letters, personal letters to these home churches, to these groups of people who are beginning to follow the way of Jesus Christ. And he wants to be in relationship with them, be their leader, and also encourage them. So when we look at this letter, which just feels like this disembodied like book in a bigger book, you know, you're just kind of looking at it, it's just probably a few pages 
in your in your Bible, this is a letter. This is a letter that was written to specific people who needed a specific kind of encouragement. And we get to follow that along and pull out these principles that apply to our life as well. So the letter opens in a similar fashion to most letters where Paul like identifies himself and he he talks about kind of his Thanksgiving and how he feels about this group of people that um, he's obviously so fond of that he spent time with that he knows are, you know, bringing forth the gospel of Jesus Christ and continuing to do that. And then he kind of talks a little bit uh, personally, and I want to jump in there. So we're going to be at Philippians 1 verse 12. And it says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear through the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Okay, so that's just a couple verses we're going to look at, 12, 13, and 14. And the first thing that we want to ask is, is this a live method question? Okay, what does it say? What does it say here? Um, What is it saying? What is it not saying? And the thing that really stands out to me in this passage is what has happened to me? And what has happened to me is what I would underline. And it's like, okay, Paul is sort of pulling out. And of course, I'm circling has happened. And I'm like, well, what has happened? <laughs> like, we, we would want to know that. Of course, in this first question, what does it say? We should have a lot of questions for our passage. We should be asking questions of the passage that we've picked out because there's things that we're not going to understand if we don't dig a little deeper. So the first thing I need to know is, okay, I'm like brothers and sisters. So he's writing to the church. Then it says, what has happened? So for me, I'm like, okay, well, what has happened? And I, I think I know what has happened. And it is what I said in the beginning. The backstory is he's in prison. He's being persecuted. He's suffering. And he's giving this vision that what has happened is not accomplishing the purposes that most of us would think. Because if I told you, hey, and so then I went to prison, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, maybe you'd be like, well, what'd you do? But then you might be like, oh my gosh, if I said I've gone to prison unjustly, you'd be like, well, what, how are you? Are you okay? And Paul is able to give this vision to say, listen, what has happened is good. What has happened? He actually goes on in verse 19 and says, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance, which I just love. So he's got this way of bringing a perspective to the idea of what has happened. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but I can't help myself. I just have to ask you, have you had an experience in your life where something was hard, something was broken, something was not meant for good? And you were able to look back and be like, you know what? What has happened to me has done something good. Like something that was meant for not good actually turned out good. And as you spend time in scripture, you begin to make these connections to other stories. And the story that comes to mind in this whole idea of what has happened to me is the story of Joseph from Genesis. It's sort of the end part of several chapters at the end of Genesis. And we don't have time to get into that. But basically, Joseph was unjustly imprisoned. imprisoned. He, all of these things happened to him. And you might know the story if you've like followed a 
play or read a book or whatever about the story of Joseph. But at the end of the day, when Joseph is finally revealed, he kind of nobody knew his identity and he his brothers had betrayed him and left him for dead and they came back into his life. It's an awesome story. And when they come back into his life, they're terrified that now he has all this power and he's going to hold it against them, what they've done to him several years before. And he says to them, Joseph says in Genesis 50, um, what God, in- what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And he's actually basically, I think Paul's repeating Joseph in his own way. He's saying, hey, what, what has happened to me? That which was intended for evil, God has used for good. And, and I think this is an encouragement for all of us to look at the hard things in life and to ask God to bring healing to the places that need healing, but also to be able to claim in faith, you know what, what was intended for evil, God can use for good. It doesn't mean that God calls it good. It means he can use it for good. And so when we get to this question of what does it mean, what is the truth here in this, in this passage, I think the truth in this very small bit of Philippians 1 is that God has the power to redeem. And the way that we know if we've hit on a principle is we ask ourselves the question, Does that is that true in the time that it was written? And if I applied that to this passage and what Paul's saying when he says, hey, as what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel, I think that it does apply if I said the principle there is God can choose to redeem. God can use hard things and redeem them. And I would say, yeah, I think that that is exactly what the passage says. And then I ask the question, does that also apply to us? Was it just true then or is it true now? And what I know from scripture and what I know from comparing scripture and even the little, just this journey that we took into the story of Joseph is that is absolutely true. All through scripture, we see that God can redeem and that God is a redeeming God. He can take what was meant for evil and he can use it for good. He can take what is hard and he can use it to advance the gospel. He can take what is broken and he can use it to bring wholeness. It is an incredible truth of our God and it's an incredible truth that we need. And so when we ask the question, what does it mean for me? This is what I would ask you. Are you willing to hold your hands open with the things that are hard and say, God, I want to be able to say what has happened to me has served you. Like there are places in my life, and even in this moment that you're in right now, there are circumstances in front of you that you might be facing right now that God is saying and opening. Can we open our hands and say, I want to believe that God can use what is hard for good and that God can use a challenging and even unjust situation in my life and he can advance the gospel through it because the witness when we talk about the idea of being witnesses for God, it just means the experience of my life, like my personal story is my greatest strength and is what God uses. It's what Paul uses. Paul had all the education and experience and all this beautiful theology that he lays out in his letters. And we're going to get into that in a minute, but he doesn't start with that. What Paul starts with in his letters is his personal experience of the life and purpose that he finds in Jesus Christ, his personal experience of being redeemed, his personal experience of of seeing the gospel advance through the personal hard things in his life. And when we lose that, or if we have not attached ourselves to that, then we have nothing. It's like our knowledge is, is for nothing. 
if it is not rooted in the experience that we've had of the love and grace of Jesus Christ, rooted in the experience we've had of a redeeming God. And that's what I believe we can learn from Paul today and that we can take with us and ask that question. If it is true that our God is a redeeming God, what does that mean for me today? Thanks, you guys, for being here. Next week, we're going to cover Philippians 2. See you then. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Well, the physician comes in and says, tells this lovely couple, hey, your son's not going to make it. But there's a young girl here in the hospital who just delivered a baby girl and she's given her up. She's going to leave her here. Do you want her instead? That was chart topper Ryan Stevenson sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.